There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we're here to talk about Angel and Faith, but without the angel. For most of it. Yeah. More like Faith and Fred. Faith and Fred. Also weird. Best friends forever. Mm, not good. We're reading this out of a trade edition. And the trade edition is called A Little More Than Kin. But the predominant arc is called Those Who Can't Teach, Teach Jim. Isn't that funny? Yeah. That they didn't make that the title of the book. I know. I just think it's funny because we know gym teachers. Well, yeah, I work in a school. And they're idiots. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. Even as a first grader, like the idea of being a gym teacher just enticed me. Like, this guy gets summers off, he's getting a full salary, and he just gave us a parachute to play with for 45 minutes. So tell me again, comic shop owner. I should have done Why this. didn't you do that? I know, as, as a small child, I'm like, this is a racket. <laughs> I feel like you really could have gone down that path and chose not to. Yeah, I should have done it. I should have gone with the easy Think thing. how different our lives would be at this point. I wish I was making that gym teacher money. But we open up our first arc. Gym teachers are dummies. No, those who can't teach, teach gym. Also, just demeaning and depressing. Also not true at all. Faith is moving into a new apartment. Doesn't make a lot of sense considering she owns Giles' old place. Yeah, but she's like voluntarily chosen to leave there because of Sophie and Lavinia. They seem like fun. Maybe kick them out. I don't think she's allowed to. It was part of the will. Remember, all the residents get to stay there. But still. Maybe don't spend extra money on an apartment. Doesn't she have like a country estate as well? Due to Giles? I don't think so. Maybe. They said something about horses at one point. Oh yeah, the horses. He has horses. Right. Anyway, the only thing in her apartment right now is a picture of her and Giles. An awkwardly posed photo, like they went to Sears and got their picture taken. It's a glamour shot. Oh, one of us has experience with those. But Faith goes out to the local coffee shop across the way from her, which happens to be right next to a used furniture store. How convenient. Even more convenient, she meets a potential new love interest. Is he really a potential new love interest for her? No, I'm just trying to spice it up. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I did not see that coming and don't really like it. So I'm really glad that I'm a... I'm well, on board that, with the writers. It's just weird that he, like, found Faith. By the way, it's, it's Brandt. Brandt. It's Inspector Brandt. It's that one extra guy who's been in this season. Yeah, I guess last season it was Dowling. He's kind of in this. Well, not on this side. Well, no. But Brandt is at this coffee shop and not Rory's bar for a change of pace. He sees Faith from across the way and raises a glass. Or a cup of coffee. Yeah, I guess. Makes more sense. And then Faith immediately enlists him to help her move a bed into her apartment, which is hilarious. Good job, Faith, for finding free labor. Yeah, she's like, ooh, you want to come over to my place? By the way, if you come over to my place, you need to move a bed. It's not as sexy as it sounds. You're literally just Also, they're move moving bed. the bed with the mattress on there. I mean, I guess Faith is super strong. Isn't that weird? Yeah, whatever. And one of her neighbors, a demon whose face is an eyeball, just goes, oh my, you work fast, dearie. A man and a bed on the same day. No, that's her landlady. She's just super nosy. Oh. And has a giant eye. Her, her whole face. head is one eye. I call her eye face. Sounds like an Apple product. And Brand's like, I wasn't just at that coffee shop for no reason. I'm actually looking for Angel. It's like, no, he's in America. And then he goes, a slayer's just as good as an angel when when push comes to shove. Boo, Brand. That's like weird and also demeaning. Like, I guess now that I've found you, I'll ask you to do my favor. That's not like referring to Angel as an angel. I mean, he might as well just say, I have a little bit of faith in this plan. It'd be so much better if he did. (laughs) Just like... So much better. Ugh. 
And we don't find out what Brant's plan is yet, but we go to a prep school with some familiar uniforms. Maybe we've seen them once or twice this season. On some dead bodies. Or some vampires. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> Which are technically dead bodies. I guess so, yeah. And we see a girl, Mary, plain and tall. That was Sarah. Yeah, whatever. I tried to get there. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. I guess. You had a lot of Mary options and you went with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know about rhyming in names? Sarah, plain and tall is a prose not book, a not a rhyme. Falling apart here, man. That's eh, late. And we see boring-ass old Mary going up to a young hunk named Shane. And she awkwardly tries to talk to him about their test that they just had, their geometry test, and he just has no interest in dealing with that. He's like, nope, I'm gonna leave. And then Shane's girlfriend, Meredith, this blonde bimbo. The evil girlfriend in The Parent Trap is named Meredith. Okay. That's all I think of every time. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry you got there. (laughs) And Meredith basically just says, hey, this is my man. <laughs> Mm-mm. And immediately following, this group of three girls shows up and they're like, Mary, why do you let her push you around like that? You should stand up to her. You're worth way more than Meredith. Meanwhile, these What's... girls don't look like they've ever talked to Mary in their lives. No. I also like this is a high school. But this also looks like a TV high school where all of your high schoolers are 30. And also, when these three girls show up, they all immediately strike a pose. I know. They look like Charlie's Angels. Also, I had a friend that went to a Catholic high school, and she told me about their uniforms one time, and she was like, yeah, the skirts were always really long and never quite fit right, and we always just wore shorts underneath them anyway, so nobody actually ever buttoned up their skirt. Anyway. Side note, this whole arc is written by Victor Gershler. The first three issues are is by regular fill-in artist since season eight, Cliff Richards, and the last two are done by Will Conrad on art. Wow, you just did that off of memory. I looked at it before you came down here. But still, we forgot to mention it. Yeah. And then you remembered it in the middle of this arc, so good for you. Mary, like, it's like, I'm all done with this. And she goes to chemistry. Oh, and then they propose that they can make her strong. Hmm, in this world of vampires, I wonder what it is. And Mary, being oh so contrary, walks away to like, we'll get her. Once she's desperate enough. Hmm. To be fair, Mary doesn't really seem that desperate. Like, she definitely has a crush on that kid, Shane, but it's about it. So meanwhile, Fred and Faith are bonding. That's best friends. You already tried that once, and it didn't didn't work the first time. I'm not going to let it go. Is that going to be your title of this episode? <laughs> best friends. <laughs> Sticking with it forever. And so they're talking about Brant's plan. They were still not fully in on it, but Faith connects with Fred that, hey, potentially Brant's trail of dead bodies will lead back to angel's trail of dead bodies because uh, the same prep school has been seen in angel's murder dreams so faith is gonna go check it out and while the two of them sit down for a drink i guess at a restaurant at the bronze age just as a fun little reference to comics yeah no i was thinking to the bronze yeah this is another bar club situation called the bronze age it could be either one it could be both it could be both it's a double reference and speaking of prep schools, these two boys from said prep school come up to Faith and Fred and they're like, let us make with the sex. Okay, they don't say quite that. Also, they do look super old and I did not realize that they were in prep school until like four panels into this. And I was like, why are they dressed the same? And they're hitting on Fred and she's like, please, I'm old enough to be your older sister. Right. Because she can't be that old. Well, especially she's been dead for 10 years. Yeah, I guess. So she's now 10 years younger than everyone. Hey, guys. Although nobody really seemed to age that much, so. No. And they take the message, like, hey, if you get the itch, let us know. And Faith and Fred are suitably horrified. <laughs> I am as well. 
So Fred goes to powder her nose in the bathroom when one of these prep school boys also follows her into the bathroom. He's like, all right, bathroom sex. It's a thing. Let's hope it's not. And then he transforms into a vampire. Wait, he was a vampire all along? Yeah, what a shocker in this world. But luckily, Faith comes in behind him in the background with a piece of art that I actually really like because, you know, vampires cast no reflection. We see that Fred is being kind of like held back and we can see that Faith is going to stake the vampire through the mirror. Clearly no vampire in there. Yeah, I didn't really get that the first time, but yeah, I I, like that is really cool. I think it's some neat old art. It is some neat art. It's not really that old. I guess. Look, they killed the vampire. It's a thing. In the bathroom. But they also managed to, like, destroy half the bathroom while they do it. What with the smashing of his head into a sink and into a toilet? Yeah. Because he's hard to kill. Because he's a new vamp. And they're like, well, this wasn't great. So they call Brant and they're like, this was, this was a lot. Things happened. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to just... Observe and report, and it turned into murder and report. Well, is it technically murder if it's a vampire? I don't know. We don't know how this works. I feel like we've talked about this before. And Brandt says that he has a different plan. Meanwhile, back at the prep school. I'm going to say that a lot. Meanwhile or prep school? Prep school. Just meanwhile back at the prep school. We see Mary walking away, and those three girls come up to her again and once again strike a pose. Don't you always strike a pose when you stop? No. And once again, they're like, hey, do you want to maybe become a vampire? She's like, no. And runs away yet again. And they laugh at her <laughs> and, as she runs away. And give chase. And then they sing a little tune, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. <laughs> I feel like you really should not have gotten stuck on the Sarah Plain and Tall part. Whatever. They actually do sing it. They do, yeah. And they're trying to find Mary in the middle of the library. Seeing as they're vampires, I feel like they should be able to just smell her and get her quick. You would think, although these don't seem like the smartest vampires. Yeah, they're high schoolers. Some high schoolers are smart. And apparently they don't kill Mary because we cut to the next day. Brant had met with Faith and Fred saying that he needed a man or a woman, hashtag feminism, on the inside. And so what does he do? He makes Faith a substitute gym teacher. Where she wears the most unflattering shorts imaginable. I know. It's like a volleyball type short, but really weirdly proportioned. Faith is not striking a pose. No. She's like, look at my frumpy shorts. <laughs> hey, you know. Because Faith is a gym teacher. Yes. And immediately things start to go downhill because Meredith serves the ball into Mary's head. Meredith being the mean girlfriend. Yes, and she serves the ball into Mary's head. And by serve, she just throws a volleyball at her head. But she says incoming serve. And just throws it at her head. Well, it happens. Faith gives them detention or she tells them to see them after class in her office. Faith ain't having any of this. So she has a little heart to heart with the girls. And by heart to heart is, I don't want to deal with your crap. Yeah, and so she sends them both away, but then catches Mary, where she's about to leave, and she's like, is there anything you want to tell me? And Mary's like, nope, bye. So Mary leaves, following after Meredith. When a screech is heard, Faith runs into the locker room to find Meredith murdered on the floor. With Mary at her side. And she's like, I didn't do it. And Faith is understandably concerned, because, you know, first day of the job, there's a dead teenage girl. Yeah, that'd be really bad. Also, it's definitely a vampire's doing. Yeah. But going into the next issue, we can confirm that it definitely wasn't Mary that killed her because Mary was crying and Faith told Brant that she gave Mary her, um, I don't know, makeup stuff that has a little mirror in it. Come back. To clean herself up. And Brant's like, why would you give her a mirror? Oh, I'm dumb. Yeah. For an inspector, Brant is not always the most observant. And Faith basically says, look, I'm all for trying to figure out what the source of these vampires are is. 
But, you know, if another girl is going to die, I'm pulling the plug and I'm just going to start killing things. As you do. And Brant's like, okay, well, yeah, let's I, just see how this goes then. I guess I, we can agree to that. Mary's staying home from school tomorrow. What with being a murder witness. Yeah, yes. Fate's like, cool, so I don't have to worry about that one child. And then immediately... Skypes with Angel. Yes, it is the funniest thing, because Angel still gives side-eye in the Skyping. Yeah. Which is hilarious. And he basically gives a quick summary of what he's doing away from the book in case you're not reading Buffy. Which is nice. Yeah, but my favorite part is is Faith like wants to just dish about Buffy and Spike. And he's like, we'll not have any of that. It's fine, everything's fine. He says fine a lot. What? No, it's fine. Why wouldn't it be fine? Don't you think it's fine? No, Angel. Also, you gave me sad eye like Angel does. I'm one hell of an actor. Are you turning into Angel? No. Cut to the next morning. Mary, being a giant nerd, snuck into school? Okay, I don't think that she snuck into school to be a giant nerd. I think that she snuck into school because they covered up Meredith's death and they just said there was an accident, but they didn't actually say that anybody died. And so Mary wants to get to the bottom of whatever's happening. She didn't sneak into school to go to chem. I mean, she probably is going to chem incidentally, but... She approaches the three girls that like to strike a pose. And she's we like, should give them a girl name, like a girl band name. The Bad Bitches. No, not a very good girl band name. I liked it. Hmm. I have to workshop that name. And they're like, oh, whatever could you be talking about? We're certainly not vampires. Yes. Also, all of these, not all of these, but many of the art angles of these three are, are looking up at them to, you know, give them more of a power shot. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And that's what the low angle does. I know what it does. I took film history. And they're concerned that Mary might rat them out for being murderous vampires. Meanwhile, Faith gets lunch in the cafeteria, something I've never done. Hmm. But she's doing it so she can go see her best friend, the cafeteria lady. Best friend. And poor Fred had to go undercover as a cafeteria lady, and she just looks miserable about the entire thing. She should be. I also feel like that Fred shouldn't be the cafeteria lady. They should have switched roles. Yeah, Fred's way nicer. Also, probably more capable of being a teacher. She was a teacher's assistant. Yeah, and I also feel like... And then she went to a hell dimension for it. So I don't know, maybe she's not that good. Or she was too good. I feel like Faith would take a lot of joy out of, like, giving the children really bad food. Slopping it out. This is for you. I don't think Fred likes her hairnet. Does anybody like a hairnet ever? And basically, Fred's like, you know what, I haven't seen anything, I haven't heard anything. I can't actually see and hear anything when I'm preparing everyone's food constantly and forever. Then she goes, do you want any Jell-O? Which, fun fact, did you know that Jell-O is not called Jell-O in England? No. It's called jelly. Well, so no. when Santa's belly jiggles like a bowl full of jelly, it's really Jell-O. Hmm. And that's why they think that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches sound so weird, because think of a peanut butter and Jell-O sandwich and how gross that sounds. So they do jelly shots? Yeah. Ew, that sounds gross in my mind. <laughs> I, th- I think that sounds fantastic. A jelly shot? Yes. Just a shot of grape jelly? Yes. Okay. Also, why'd you go to grape raspberry jelly? Sure. Anyway, guess who else is in the cafeteria? Everyone important to the story. Yeah, our new BFF Mary, plus Shane, plus the three girls. The bad bitches. So, they're all just chatting casually. Just ignore me, okay. Well, it sometimes is easier when you don't re-workshop your names. And they're like, we're gonna kill you. And Faith just siles up. She's like, hey, what's going on? They're like, nothing. Whisper. It actually might not pick up a mic. Gonna kill you. <laughs> I really hope that the whisper also picked up, so just you have many choices. But Faith's like, Mary, why are you here? And she's like, uh, I just really wanted to come to school, like sense of normalcy, but uh but I'll go home now. I'm not trying to solve a murder. Definitely trying to solve a murder. I also know who did it. Solved. <laughs> I fixed the problem. And Fred being I don't know, 
The lunch lady who has to take out the trash? A crafty lady. She goes outside to see the three girls that like to pose, and also uses her own fun makeup mirror to determine that these three, in fact, are vampires. That thing that was obvious all along. Yes. Oh, we never actually established that until this moment. That we weren't supposed to know? I just, I guess I just assumed it all along. Yeah. And they say something which makes Fred even more upset. They're like, oh, who is that that's behind us walking? And then they go, oh, it's just the lunch lady. Fred's like, I'll kill you. Quite literally. I do that. And Shane, the boyfriend of the now deceased Meredith, is single and ready to mingle because he has a note inside of his locker saying that I know the truth about Meredith. Tell no one. Important. Also, it looks like a, a seven-year-old wrote that note. It's better than my penmanship. Hmm. That's not great, is it? No. Let's work on that. Did you know one time when I used to work at Hallmark, when I'd get bored, I would teach myself how to write with my left hand so I could be ambidextrous? Did you ever do that? Uh, it would have done me no good. <laughs> And then we go to the end of the day, where Faith is saying goodnight to all the girls, and we'll see you tomorrow for more gym and volleyball, you long-term substitute. Yeah, evidently all that Faith does is volleyball with them. And also, what happened to the teacher that she's replacing? No idea. I worried about that. And lockers start to slam ominously, while these three ladies suddenly assault Faith and Vampire Faith, so, you know, triple confirm they're vampires. Mm-hmm. And Faith attacks back, because she's Faith. Yeah, she gets one of them, two others get away, but then one doubles back down and she's going to kill Faith, pinning her up against a locker. She's like, I bet the Slayer blood is sweet. And then Fred shoots her with a crossbow and it's a good time. It is a pretty great time. I mean, yeah, Fred's like, that's what you get for saying I'm just a lunch lady. I'm also a crossbow wielding lunch lady. Didn't it make you think of that Boy Meets World episode about the lunch lady? Where she died? Yeah, and how they were all like, I didn't even know her name. That's what I felt like for Fred. I'm sad for her. And we see Mary who's met with Shane to be like, Shane, it wasn't just an accident. It was really a cover-up. She was murdered. And he's like, I know. And she's like, what? How did you know? Because I'm a vampire too. We're all vampires. And he goes into vamp face and he's like, we want you to join our family. It's going to be great. And she's like, no. And he turns and goes, what do you think, mistress? Are you sure this little mouse is the one you want? And who is it? Who is it? It's Drew. She's the mistress. With a whole gaggle of prep school kids behind her. That sounds awful. A gaggle of prep school kids? That's the worst kind of gaggle. (laughs) You hate geese, though. I do hate geese. I'm not really sure what's the worst kind of gaggle for you. (laughs) You know what? It's the geese. (laughs) Look, it's not just irrational. I lived in Jersey. It's not just irrational. (laughs) Implying it is somewhat irrational. I lived in Jersey for a while. And all of the geese live in New Jersey. Not all of the geese All ever. of the geese live in New Jersey. Oh my gosh. It's not like they know where the state lines are. They do. And they're like, and they're the this worst. is New York, this is New Jersey, we live here now. But your favorite lady's back. Yay, Drew. Which makes sense, because we've been doing all this Archaeus stuff. Yes. We've been doing it with the family line, hey. And Drew's my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. And so we find out that Drew is also having the murder dreams, but Drew loves the murder <laughs> She's dreams. She's like, these are the best. She's like, this is the best day ever, every single time. She also floats in bed when she has the murder dreams. Weird, but true. Cool. And Archaeus is like, join me. And she's like, yeah, awesome. Gonna do that. She's like, should I Should I get a little army of prep school kids, too, to help? And he's like, sure, whatever. 
And Drew is just as excited as can be because Arceus is going to give her a family again. Like, I used to have a family. Then they all died or got souls or something. Yeah. Well, she had two families. Angel killed the first one. And then I guess Angel kind of killed the second one, too. It's really just Angel. He's a homewrecker. Twice. Probably a lot of times, actually. Yeah. Your dog thinks you're dead or dying. And Drew's like, you can be one of us, Mary. You can belong. Mary's like, uh, I already do belong and I actually have a family. But there's something special about Mary. We don't know what it is yet. Is she a slayer? Is she a witch? Is she a ancient <laughs> god trapped inside the body of a little girl? Even the dog thinks that one's a little ridiculous. Then all credit to the writer. I can't, I'm not, you know, I can't do a British lady accent. <laughs> There's so many parts of that that you can't do, but yes, you're true. You're right. He really has Drew's dialogue down. I know. Just where it's a little bit crazy, but you can kind of see into it where it makes a level of sense. And the personality shines through. I know. Also, the art looks a lot like Drew. Like like her. That kind of fluid movement. Yeah. And also like her head movement and her hands. Like not just, yes, it, it looks like her, but also the It's all stuff just across the board. And so they start to tell how Drew has recruited the gaggle of prep school kids one by one. Boo. One says, I told everyone I was going off for a weekend at universities. And then I came back like this. And some of them were like, my parents just don't like me. It's fair. That's so sad. And Drew is like, and I welcomed them all and gave them all a piece of my family. But what's really weird is like they've been trying to like recruit Mary. What have vampires ever been about recruiting? Aren't they just about the murdering and the turning? Well, Drew's special. Drew also made that whole army the last time when she was in Magic Town before it was Magic Town. Yeah. She's big on making armies. And Drew just says, like, you know what? I've had enough of this recruiting crap. I'm just going to kill you now. We're just going to turn you. Yeah. And out of nowhere, bam, Faith kicks in the door. She learned well from Angel. Yes. Don't use that totally functional door handle. Also, I like that the onomatopoeia is slam with two M's. Slam. Mmm. And Drew's just like, ugh, a slayer. Go, my children! Kill her! And the children do very poorly at trying to kill Faith. They're not good at it. And then they're also horrified that the lunch lady is there. Fred grabs Mary's wrist. She's like, let's go. Come with me if you want to live. And she goes, I'm also not a lunch lady. <laughs> I feel like at that point, it is rather self-explanatory that you're not a lunch lady, Fred, but sure. I preferred the Terminator reference. I know. Even I got that one. Yeah, because it's in every movie. Is it? Yes, and they've already used that reference earlier this season on the other book. With Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look hey, at that. Hey, look at that. And then Mary turns around and goes, is that the gym teacher? And this is one of my favorite lines of this book. Fred goes, now you see why the tuition here is so high. And I thought that was charming. But honestly, think how high tuition would be if your gym teacher was a slayer. And your lunch lady was a god. And then, yeah. And then Drusilla pushes Shane in the direction. She's like, go get them. And he's like, yes, Mistress Drusilla. And I can totally see Drusilla being into being called Mistress a bunch. Yes. And he chases after Fred and Mary. Mary goes, I can't believe Shane is a, uh, Fred goes, vampire. Mary goes, why are all the good looking ones always jerks? Okay, being a vampire, number one, is far more than being a jerk, but whatever. And then Fred just goes, modern science hasn't advanced far enough to figure that one out, I'm afraid. Just a weird little moment in this book. Like, what? Weirdly bitter for somebody who's been trapped in a god for ten years. And they run away only to get cornered to have Shane enter a room also with a solid slam. -um 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 -um. Yes. And Fred tries to kill him with a crossbow. He snatches it out of the air. What? Throws it aside. And Fred also throws Fred aside. Yeah. A lot of throwing of the sides. And he goes to kill Mary. 
only to be stabbed in the back with a flagpole holding the British flag. The Union Jack. It is the Union Jack. But Fred can't quite get it in all the way, so with the help of Mary, they stab him straight through the back, through the heart, shot through the heart, and he goes paft. <laughs> back on Faith's side of the story, you know, she's been fighting a bunch. But eventually she was overpowered by the sheer number of prep school vampires. There's only so many prep school kids you can punch in the face. I guess so. I mean, probably unlimited, but, you know, they all gang up on you. Yeah. And Drusilla's getting ready to kill Faith. When Faith just goes, look behind you. And Drusilla doesn't believe her at first. And then it gets annoyed. And then turns around, only to see our other fun ally. Co! He goes, sorry to arrive late, Slayer. I came as soon as I got Fred's message. I take it you still need my assistance? Or am I misreading the situation? Please understand that Faith is like being hogtied by these prep school kids right now. I mean, he spent a thousand years in a bubble, to be fair. Yes. And so he breaks out the little glowy disc hand things. His pizza cutters. And starts pafting. He starts cutting their pizzas. Paft. And by pizzas, I mean their heads off. <laughs> and all of the children run to kill Faith and Co. And Drew just goes, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's another of Drew's um, more common qualities. Well, even Faith, when she's like, you've been around way too long for us, one of us to have not killed you, right? And she just does this. She gets a lot of people to sacrifice themselves and she runs away. Yeah, exactly. So again, I'm totally with Drew on this. She's far more intelligent than anyone gives her credit for. And a little while later, Brant shows up too. And he's like, well, looks like he cleared out the nest of prep school vampires, but we did lose Drew. She's like, seriously, again? Is that all you people do? Yeah. And Mary, who is now in police custody, probably for the best, Faith asks if she could speak to Mary for a moment. And Mary basically says, hey, Drusilla wanted me for some kind of special reason. I don't know what it is. And they're all like, well, it'll be good when Angel gets back. And we finish off this arc with Faith and Fred, I guess on the porch outside of Faith's new apartment. Sharing a glass of wine, as best friends do. Do you think that Fred lives with her? Are they roomies? I doubt it. Where does Fred live? Probably still with Sophie and Lavinia. She doesn't have any money. She's been dead for a decade. It's weird that Faith moved out of her own house. Yeah, it is. And they say when Angel gets back, they're going to compare notes to see what everyone's learned about Archaeus and this whole, you know, lineage thing and school children and blah de blah And they cheers to one final thing. Teachers should be paid more. Here, and lunch here. ladies. Here, here. I agree. And we get kind of a coda on the story. Ooh, good term. Oh, yeah. I know me a story or two. Terms. Things. It's also a music term. And Mary is being dropped off at her father's home. Her mother won't come in because they're divorced and, you know, divorced people can't speak to each other. Yeah, it's a weird... It took me a while. Like, I reread that panel. And Mary goes in to see her father. And her father is very excited about something. A statue that no one knows the origin of. But the museum... See Indiana Jones? The museum wants them to figure it out. And they go in. There's this big golden statue thing with horns. And a sword. And armor. Look, the last time there was a big unknown statue, it was a Cathla, and that was going to, you know, end the world. Fingers crossed it's not the same thing. Guess we'll never find out. Yeah, never. And we move on to arc number two of this trade. Yeah. And the title of it. A Little More Than Kin, part one. Of two. I don't know. What do you want from me? Yeah, good enough. So we start out with a group of, I don't know, 20-somethings, looks like. We're like wandering around Magic Town, and they just start off by saying, so this is Magic Town. What a dump. So we already know they're bad people, because they're insulting the magic. Mm. And they hip-check some demon who's just carrying their groceries home. And her all of her groceries spill out. And she's helped by a young Winifred Burkle, helping her pick up her groceries. What a nice lady. Both of 
of them, actually. The demon, by the way, is blue, but she has these awesome purple tentacles and a little tiny horn coming out of the middle of her forehead. She's actually very cute. And Fred, for some reason, decides to taunt them. She's like, this isn't the kind of place where you want to make enemies jerks. There are people you wouldn't want to cross. Okay, this did not seem like a Fred moment. Yeah. Like, I can imagine Faith antagonizing, but I can't really imagine Fred, or even Illyria. Illyria wouldn't antagonize. She would attack them if she felt like it, or she would not if she decided to be merciful. And the vampires, oh wait, they're vampires, by the way. And the vampires turn around, they're like, you don't mean Angel, do you? We heard he's left town, and Fred's like, oh crap. They run her into an alley. It's more like a... Back alley. Box canyon. So my mom always called it when I'd be like, you get back to the corner and she'd be like, you're in a box canyon now. Friends in a box canyon. Weird. And the vampires are about to suck her blood. Yeah. And then Fred whips out her stake. She goes to stake them. But then I was going to say, she, and then she whips out her Illyria. Oh, I guess she does that next because she goes to stake them and they like pull out her hair, which somehow causes Illyria to come, you know, <laughs> to the forefront. transforming out of her. So they know that Fred knows Angel, but then they see Illyria, they're like, oh, we didn't know you knew Angel. You have bad intel, or this is a weird intro. Yes. So Illyria, like, electrifies them? She gets a fun new power where she can shoot energy blasts? I didn't know she could do that. No one did until just now. Illyria can shoot energy blasts. Blue energy blasts, of course. And one of the vampires tries to get away by turning into a bat, but Illyria just zaps the bat. It's pretty hilarious. It's her blue energy and then explodes? I think she explodes. I think that another one turned into smoke or the vapor or the fog or whatever. You can, like, they explode above the skyline just by one of them. I have no idea. And it's it just weird. Says, Boom. And then we cut to young Winifred Burkle. I'll just keep on saying that. Just for good measure? Yeah, why not? All right. Awakening in the home of Sophie and Lavinia, where she finds Angel watching her sleep like a weirdo. Yeah, but of the weird things that Angel does, is that really the weirdest? Do we really want to dwell on that? But they're excited to see each other. And Fred's like, did you solve the problem? And he's like, "Mm, not super solved. And she's like, oh, great. So you brought it over here? He's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So they go downstairs where Faith is there as well. So the gang's all together. And, you know, they point out something that we pointed out. Lavinia just goes, why didn't you just kill it in California? Fair question, Lavinia. Or why didn't you just stay in California until it was dead? Yeah. Basically... Archaeus has come back to England because Drusilla's there and that will add strength to the line and he can gather up all the power he needs with the assistance of one of his children. But here's the other question. If they knew that Archaeus was coming back to London, why didn't the whole gang go to London then? Like, why are we splitting up our forces once we have not defeated the demon? You know what I mean? Because everyone else is dealing with those other big demons that have the restless door. (sighs) Who cares about the restless door? Archaeus is much more of a pressing problem. Wait till the next arc. Pressing problem. Precious problem. It's precious. No, it's Gollum. He has a precious problem. And out from the shadows, Ko is there as well. Ko's part of the team now. I like that you just see like the teapot and some biscuits and Ko. <laughs> yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all very British and Ko. <laughs> and nobody bats an eye that Ko's there. They're just like, oh yes, that makes sense. I also like him drinking out of a teacup later on. I know. It it's looks... very charming. <laughs> and the quick rundown of their plan is let's split up and try and find him. A.K.A. the quick rundown of every plan ever. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go to all the regular places. Rory's Bar. Nadira's. The only two places that matter in Magic Town. I guess Sophie and Lavinia's house and... They're already there, though. They know he's not there. Now Faith's apartment. I don't know. I'm just naming the important things. There's that warehouse that Cork in. I feel like that came up a couple times. Yeah, that's there. 
And we see the Mistress Drusilla. Who is lounging in a throne that somehow she found. Why not? In a warehouse. Maybe it's Corky's warehouse. I bet it is. It all makes sense now. It could be. Probably is. There's only one warehouse. I don't know. This No, this isn't a warehouse. This place has pillars and an archway. Okay, fine. It's a Mausoleum. (laughs) I went to church, the normal option. You went to a mausoleum. And Drusilla is very disappointed in everyone. They were supposed to go just have a look-see, but instead, Mummy is very disappointed. That they all got themselves killed at the hands of Illyria's zappy-zap powers. Yes. What does she actually say? Because I even thought that this this writing was even more Drew-like than the other one. Mummy gets very put out when her babies get themselves killed instead of doing their jobs. Totally with Drew on that one. And these kind of spindly-looking hipster vampires are like, we're sorry, mistress. They kind of look like those people in that Batman movie. And by Batman movie, I mean the most famous Batman story ever. And Dark Knight Returns. Yes. <laughs> Don't they? I guess. Yes, sure, they some, totally some do. Street toughs. They totally do. I wonder if they shiver or not. I don't know what that means. Does Sli- that mean like actually stab people with knives? Slice and dice. Yeah. But then we get a vampire who has a name, so he knows he's going to at least play a minor role. A big old burly guy named Angus. He's a football fan. And, and by ha- football, I mean soccer. We're in England. I'm just clarifying for you, mostly. I'm the one that said it. They said it in the book. Oh, did they? Yes, they said football. Whatever, well. Of course they said football. I just took it from his attire. From his... Football attire. Top knot, not top, whatever it is. That's just a crew cut. Oh, which one are we talking about? Oh, that guy, yeah. The one who's actually wearing the football jersey. Yeah, that'd be the one. Not purple mohawk. No. And Angus says that he'll do Drusilla's bidding, and she says that he needs to go retrieve the key to Magic Town. Is it Don? He also calls her mum, which is weird. Did you see that? Yeah, why not? And... Co and Faith are on patrol, which Faith says is stupid. It's more of a Buffy thing. But they patrol their way right into Rory's bar, where it just has been thrashed and trashed. And poor Rory. Looks like he has a concussion. He probably does. He's like, yeah, they were in here looking for Angel and then just beat everyone up. So that's awesome. Um, Can you go kill these guys? Faith's like, on it, buddy. On it, weird monkey man. I know, but I like Rory. Yeah, he seems like an upstanding bartender. Meanwhile... Angel and Fred head over to Nadira's. The only other location. And Angel's like, hey, back from America. Can you help me with this Archaeus thing? And she goes, before I do that, how about you step away from the window? And he's like, what? And in comes some vampires. Angus and friends. Do they not have to be invited anymore? Is that part of the new rules? I can't remember. I don't think they've written the rule that rule down yet. Apparently not, because they just come crashing right through. And Nadira through. definitely lives there. That's definitely not like yeah. a store. And apparently they learned from the angel school of thought, because they come through the window. Yes, they did. Drew must have told them to do that. She's like, Daddy always did it. And then they kick Angel in the face. Very hard. With a whap. And Nadira looks very calm throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Angel's down. They grab Nadira and, you know, run away with her, making her a damsel and not very much distressed. She has a very kind of like bored look about the whole thing. Okay, so here's the other thing. So Illyria came popping out for some vampires who had just like pulled on Fred's hair. But this one backhands Fred and Illyria's like, meh. I know, exactly. And and like it would be really helpful to have a god to go stop the kidnapping in progress, but instead Illyria's like, I'm just gonna let you guys handle this one. And here's something really weird. So Angus is escaping with Nadira. All these other vampires are just curb stomping Angel. And in a very weird art choice, Angel pulls a sword out from his inside coat pocket, and it's a full-length sword. Yeah, that's a pretty broad sword. It's not a broad sword, but it's a broad sword. You know what I mean. 
either way, this doesn't work, right? Like, no, not at all. He couldn't be hiding that in his pocket, which is where he seems to be pulling it from. He has like a from. switchblade sword. No. A switch sword. No. Can you do that? Yes. So Angel, with his non-collapsible sword that he pulled out of his pocket, starts killing vampires and chases after Nadira. And Fred's like, I'm going to go run down the stairs to get her. And Angel's like, I'm going to jump back out the window to get her. And he says, I'll take the shortcut. And just involves him jumping out the same window, but still managing to knock some glass out. Well, as one does. And Angel lands on the street, only to see they haven't really gone that far. They're just standing there. They were, like, waiting for him to jump down to hang out with them. So Angus is down there with Nadira, his cronies, and one Drusilla. And I, I like what Drew says here. She goes, Angel, darling, always so dramatic. Fair. It's true. I'm with, I'm with Drew. I guess I'll continue the dialogue. I think it's time we talked about welcoming you back into the family. I thought you were going to start singing. Singing what? The Lion King. I can't wait to be king. Zazu. I think it's time that you and I arranged a heart to heart. Oh. Brits. Is that the line from Little Brits? Hornbills for a start. Oh. This is where the monarchy is headed. Count me out. <laughs> out of service? Out of Africa? So not. I wouldn't act that. <laughs> I didn't think it was. I took a step in the dark. <laughs> I was getting wildly out of wing. Okay, you have to stop singing before Disney sues us. I'm not singing. I'm just saying words. Yeah, okay, you can't do that. And we start the final issue. And Angel just goes, Drew, whenever you use a word like family, it just emphasizes that you're not quite all there. To be fair, Angel, we already went over this, but Angel is the entire reason that Drew doesn't have a family. A normal family? A demon family? She doesn't have any family, thanks to Angel. All of it's Angel's fault. Well, I mean, Drew's, she always talked about like mummy and daddy and stuff like that in reference to Angel and Darla. But the reality is, is Drew also had sex with everyone inside of that family. Well, yeah. So an incestuous family. She's not normal. Okay, Spike, Darla, Angel, all of them. I know, them. I, I know. Let go of Nadir and walk away. Good bargaining. <laughs> well, it's very Angel bargaining. I suppose. But our new BFF, Angus, is the one who's holding Nadira, meanwhile. And this whole time, Nadira has this, like, little half-smile on her face. Like, she is clearly not in any sort of angst about the whole situation. I mean, if a less-than-sane vampire lady had just kidnapped me with her passel of of vampires, I don't think I'd feel super awesome about it. And Drusilla talks to Angel. She's like, do you think you have any choice who your family gets to be? Do you think you get to choose little bits like this, meaning Nadira? And Angel's like, yeah, I do get to choose because I have a soul. I get to be free. And Drew gets real crappy with him. She's like, I'm sorry, how many choices did you give me when you turned me into a vampire, killed my family, and made me go crazy? He's like, well, that was one family, um, true, that I did get rid of of yours. And when Angel has nothing to say to that, she's like, okay, so at least you know that you suck. Um, Come back home to Arceus and we can be together again. And Fred runs out into the street. She's like, Angel, did you find everyone? Oh, they're right there. They didn't go very far. Use the stairs! That's so harsh. What? This little bit of dialogue. So Fred comes running down and Drew just points over to her and she goes, Ah, another one of those little bits of debris that have blown into Angel's life. You do like to gather them around, don't you? Do they make you feel warm and loved? Just as if you were a real boy? And then she sticks all the vampires on them. So as one does, punching ensues, stabbing ensues. Decapitation ensues. Yeah. And yet still no Illyria. Cohen... Faith come out of nowhere, also start killing things. And Drew Silig just goes, all right, I'm getting out of here. This is how I've survived this long. So, M- at- Meanwhile, Drew is in a full red evening gown with gloves just this whole time, just so that you can have a visual. Yeah, she kind of has to hike it up to run away. And Angus takes Nadira, and they just kind of look around and they're like, oh, man, she got away again. And 
they have an okay plan for trying to find Drusilla and Nadir after this. They say, hey, Brant, you literally have a whole police force at your disposal. Can you find this out for us? Yeah, can you figure out where, like, the magic center is? Yeah, which is handy because he calls them, like, five minutes later. He's like, oh, by the way, I have the location. Yeah, the exact location, too. Not even, like, I have a hunch. So we go over to where Drusilla has taken Nadir, who still isn't really that concerned. And she's like, hey, can I introduce you to Arceus, the Magnificent? Full title. Yes. And he also has a fun crown with a leopard print pillow. Wait, did I say crown? I meant throne. You meant to say throne, but you said crown. But I was laughing at Drew's dialogue. So Arceus is like, do you know why I brought you here? And Nadir is like, yeah, Magic Town. He's like, yes, you are the key to Magic Town. And then Drew just like, to Nadira creepily in her ear, she goes, Nadira says she has a relationship with the magic. It's her boyfriend and sings songs of bells and hummingbirds right into her brain. I love that. It is very Druish. And then it hears, that's not quite what, <laughs> then they just move on. Yeah, and Arceus is like, if you really are the magic's boyfriend, or girlfriend, sorry, I said that backwards, whatever, then tell it that Arceus comes bearing a gift. And also, I want to have power. Yeah, that's really what it is. And Nadir is like, yeah, that's cool and all, end of the world, bunch of power, yada, yada, yada. I'm here to save you. And he's like, save me, save me from what, little girl? It's like the magic, the magic's new, it's a bit of a baby, likes to lash out. And if you push this too far, magic's gonna gonna nip at you a little bit. Or it's gonna explode all over Magic Town, again. That too. And Arceus is like, I'm just gonna Arceus all over this. And she's like, oh, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but bitch, I'm a slayer. So then she starts slaying. Or at least trying to. Yeah, but... I think she gets a few vampires. Arceus is still Arceus, so one slayer is not really going to do it. It's interesting to see this, because we haven't seen Nadira, like, throw down at all. We've seen her get attacked, and she has deflected everything, and she's been kind of untouchable. And Arceus just grabs her and throws her to the ground. He's like, yep, don't care. Yeah. With a giant slam. Yeah, and she's out, and she's bleeding. We haven't seen her like that. She'll see how her face melted. Yeah, it's true. So meanwhile... Our band of heroes. Intrepid band of heroes. I was going to say intrepid, but then I didn't. I did. And then you did, and that was weird, because it was like you were in my head. Marriage. Marriage, I don't know, were you in my head? I don't know, am I like your boyfriend or something? (laughs) Do you sing songs of of hummingbirds and bells? And oddly enough, Sophie and Lavinia are there, too, with stakes and crossbows and swords. Like, way to get in on it. But they're also dressed like they're from Greece. Yeah, they're just dressed nicely. Sophie especially has they're impractical really dressed shoes. Nicely. They're just kind of dressed in a very toga-esque way. And they go to the location where Arceus is supposed to be, and instead he left Angel a present of a bunch of dead bodies hanging upside down, where Drusilla has apparently written a message in blood for Angel that just says, Daddy's come to take you home, Angel. And Angel gets sad. He's like, you used to call me Daddy. He doesn't actually say that. But he does give some side eye. To the blood on the wall. <laughs> There's been so much writing on blood on the walls this season. I know. <sighs> I don't, I'm not cleaning this one. And Angel has a really terrible plan. It's supposed to be kind of a pep talk, but just goes, listen to me. We found this place. We'll find the next place. We go after them and we don't let up until it's over. So your plan is, you know, be one step behind the entire time. Mm-hmm. Your plan sucks. Mm-hmm. And Angel goes to Faith. He goes, okay with you, partner. And they clasp hands. That's Angel and Faith again, baby. Going into the final arc. The book is finally back. 
And Faith just goes five by five, which is my least favorite Faith saying ever. She said it a bunch. I really don't like it any time ever. And we finish the arc with Archaeus saying, Hey, Drusilla, you suck. You're supposed to get me that little girl who had that magical statue that showed up earlier in this story. And she's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get that later. She has awful faith interrupting my scheme. It all got muddled after I'd planned it and everything. I like when she's a petulant child. Yeah, and they have Nadira in a cage for some reason versus just killing her. Like, she'll work perfectly as bait. But she's still passed out. <laughs> yeah. Which is not good. No, but whenever you have like evil villains, like, aha, they're going to be bait. Just kill them. They don't know the difference. I guess. And that is our penultimate arc of Angel, anyway. Buffy gets an extra arc. They got an extra five issues this season. Wow. Yeah. I can tell which book is the Golden Child. Is that Spike book that time? Which one? There were a lot of Spike books. A few of those, too. Overall, it was nice seeing Faith and Fred step up in the first part of the story. The book does feel a little lacking without Angel there. Like, they didn't move it forward a lot. They still were just kind of treading water until he came back to help move the plot forward again. Yeah. And this is still my problem that I wanted. It doesn't make sense why they split up the Buffy-Angel-Spike trio. I mean, it does logistically because they have two books that they're trying to make happen at once. But plot-wise, it doesn't make sense for them to get together, fail to do the thing that they meant to do, and then break up again. And the way to sell more books would... I don't know, in my eyes, would be to almost either just have Angel not happen for a little while or just do a crossover between the two books, like alternating, like you got to buy both titles if you want to follow the story. Right, because that would make so much more sense. Even even like how they did it at the beginning of, was it this season? Yeah. When they all met up and we saw it from, we saw the scene from Buffy's perspective and then the next arc we saw it from Faith's perspective. And even that was cool. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to read the same scenes twice every time but to take it in slightly different directions i don't know i see why they did it but i i think this could have been way cooler with some more interaction yeah this arc as a whole is good and it's serviceable and it's fun and enjoyable but as a whole these five issues kind of feel like they were very slowly paced just so we could make the whole next arc all working towards the finale there's just a quota of issues they had to hit yeah which unfortunately happens but they weren't like poorly handled it was just no they weren't bad at all i think it was just because it was really cool to see everybody over on buffy and it and then we're over on angel like yeah they're they're friends of lunch lady yeah it just felt light on this side because of it but i mean they weren't bad and they did move the plot forward a little bit and we figured out a little bit more i got drew back so that made me happy I am of two minds of that. I like Drew. I know you do. While I do enjoy the character, she's been around for so long, it almost seems impractical that no one has killed her yet. Yeah. Like, everyone else has died. Everyone else has died. But Drusilla just keeps on sneaking out of it. And she was so rarely used in the show, especially in later seasons. She'd, like, pop up for an episode or for a flashback or something. But in the books, she's been recycled pretty heavily. And it's almost getting to the point where I'm like, just kill her. Not because I dislike her. It just feels weird that... She keeps on just going like, all right, I'm leaving. See you in a year. Eh, eh. I see your point, but I like her, so. No, she certainly adds personality. Yeah, I guess that's it for this week. We're back next week for Buffy and the Ante is Upped. Dun, dun, dun. Where can you find us? Editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to get the show a whole week early, uh, patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. Little as a buck a month will get you us early all the time and itunes if you could rate review subscribe 
it sounds minor, but uh, the more people that do that, we become more visible within searches, and it really helps boost the numbers, every single one, so if you could. I mean, I mean you, you can, actually. It's not if you could. You can. You're just choosing not to. Selfish. Harsh. You went harsh on the poor listeners. Anyway, you can also send us an email. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Or you could just donate to Patreon because it's faster than writing a review. I mean, do, you could do both. Could do both, I guess. Anyway. That's, that's a big commitment, though. Next week is Buffy, so we'll see you then. Bye.